Happy Wednesday and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Airport Minute where each and every day we go over one minute of the greatest disaster movie ever made, the 1970 Universal Pictures movie Airport. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. Hello, and I'm your co-host today, Nancy O'Kane. And our guest here for Minute 108 is Chris Henry. from the He's the museum program rep for the EAA Aviation Museum. Welcome, Chris. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me back again. Yeah, we we appreciate uh, you being on board here. It's uh, we're going to go over a lot of airplane stuff today, and you are a great airplane guy for for talking about this stuff. <laughs> there's there's a lot of things going wrong with the aero structure. There's a lot of procedures happening. And there's all kinds of things hanging out of the ceiling. So we, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, it was pretty exciting to watch the, the this minute here today. Yeah, it's uh it's post explosion, and uh, everybody's all. Uh, kind of bumped on the head and uh, everybody, you know, kind of wandering around in their seats. Poor old Whit Bissell is, uh, he looks like he's sharing smelling salts or, or they're smelling the end of a joint with uh, Helen Hayes there in his, uh, in, in his, uh, in his seat. Uh, and then the uh, uh, sister Felice, one of the two, uh, the, the nun that didn't lose her habit. She's, uh, she's walking around with uh, a doctor's bag. I don't know where she got that from, but she's very well equipped. <laughs> I, yeah, every time I watch another minute, I can't help but compare it to airplane and just start laughing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's you, can, you these jokes were would write themselves by the time they got to that movie. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, and once again, it's still the age of harvest gold. That seems to be the primary color for this entire airline and maybe that entire year of 1970. It's just very entrenched in the walls and in the blankets and even in the oxygen masks. So it's a uh, oh yeah. A very, very monotone, uh, but like likable, uh, <laughs> likable color. It's it's very cheery when your when your plane is descending uh, and, and after an explosive decompression. Uh, yeah, it, it's nothing good to look at a seven hundred mile an hour convertible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, they, they seem to be having a, 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 a. They seem to be getting their act back together, so that that's a good thing. Uh, poor old Gary Collins, the uh, second officer, who. For some reason, only has two stripes. I always thought second officers had three stripes on their uh, epaulets there, but he seems to be um, along the same. I mean, nowadays, if you go on a on like a American or United flight, the only people with two stripes are the flight attendants. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'm not sure about that. If that was a re uh, organizational move, or, or if that was just a mess up in Hollywood, or what that was. Yeah, uh, I, I'd have to go back and do some more research on on why he's wearing the stripes he is. Yeah, uh, I guess Edith Head didn't get the memo. And, uh, yeah, if I had to guess, I'm guessing that that was probably a wardrobe error. You know, uh, just they, they found something that looks the part and he was wearing it. <laughs> but I'd have to look, you know, it'd be interesting to know the story on that. I don't know if that's a... It is kind of surprising because everything else in the film is so technically correct that to let something like that slip by is a little unusual. Yeah, it is. I, you know, the people that put the work in on these movies spent a lot of time around airports. I mean, you know, they even got just the way people carried themselves back then around, you know, the mechanics and the pilots and flight attendants. And, you know, somebody was really on the inside, I think, or at least spent a lot of time talking to employees of airlines to get the feel right, which, you know, back then it was a great adventure. If you're working on an air mm -hmm. for an airline, it was really, you know, look at this. This stuff happens every day here, you know, even though it really didn't. But, yeah, well, uh, it, it's I mean, the attention to detail is is so uh, otherwise dramatic and you know accurate that 
Uh, I had a note, and of course now I now that we're in the minute, I can't find the note. But the uh, uh, the insignia that the army uh, fellows that are patching the uh, lavatory back together, uh, one of the insignia that the fellow's wearing on his uh, shoulder is a, a NATO uh, patch. That and these guys, of course, if they were going, if they were working in a NATO environment, they'd be flying to Italy. So this is the right uh, insignia wow. for people going to Europe at the time. Jeez. And uh, that, oh, pretty yeah, impressive. I mean, yeah, you know, you don't see that a lot today in movies today. You know, the uniforms or whatever they think they should be wearing. I mean, you know, it, it took something like Band of Brothers, you know, to really get uniforms and and you know stuff right. But when you start watching, you know, a lot of movies, it's like, oh man, that was an easy wardrobe screw up that these people had. And you know, but yeah, here they are, where they're they're somebody's researching a lot. And, yeah. uh, and I think that comes across, I mean, these are, uh, these are great adventure movies, but they also, I think the reason why they hold up is because they're so technical. They're very, um, you know, they really start getting into, you know, the bare bones of a, of a 707 and, and why you can't, you know, fire the engines this high and stuff like that. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of information that, that I think today would be glossed over. And I, th I think even to laymen, even to people that didn't know this, I mean, you have a sense that someone took the time to do this, even if you don't know all the little details and can't do the thread counts on how, you know, if, if a staff sergeant yeah. is the right number. You feel that somewhere somebody sat down in a library and looked all this stuff up and got it uh, correct. You know, even procedurals like how the doctor who's working on uh, Jacqueline Bissett there in the aft uh, entryway. Uh, he seems to be doing all the right things. Although I can't imagine anybody going to Italy is actually carrying vials of adrenaline in their uh, in their little black bag. Well, we don't know what he was planning to do as soon as he got off the plane. Maybe he had emergency patients waiting for him there. They're just standing there at the airport saying, "I hope the doctor shows up soon with his vials." <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, it, it's funny. Was... You two are talking about the technical accuracy of the movie, and in the meantime, on my screen, I'm freeze framed at the very first second of this minute where the injuries apparently were caused by red markers around the eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't give the medical injury part of this an A for accuracy. <laughs> yeah, they all, they all got hit by the bingo markers or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they were playing bingo in, in, in coach whenever this uh, explosion happened. So, yeah, it. Uh, I noticed that too. I'm like, wow, that looks like red magic marker, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I can't help but notice the uh, the other nun, Sister Catherine Grace, there in the back, who's taking uh, Gwen's pulse. She has a really expensive uh, haircut for a, a defrock nun that you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a high maintenance hairdo. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. I mean, it it you know, I, I, do they ever explain how the nun knows how to do this? I didn't see that. Uh, I, that yeah, part, she must have just know. checked out of a hospital or something. She's very yeah, very authoritative looking too, and so uh, yeah, yeah, I, she knew right where to go. And it's like I didn't know nuns got that. Uh, type of training I yeah guess. yeah, yeah. I, it, it was uh very i guess the, the world has moved on beyond uh, accuracy and eraser throwing um <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh she did manage to have time to run a comb through it i didn't notice it was, it was like fresh tracks in those in that hair so i guess uh she, <laughs> good good thing she had the comb with her um yeah so dear old gary is looking at apparently these army guys know how to patch up a hole mid-flight in a uh 
plane that's I'm assuming traveling at about Mach point five, Mach point six. <laughs> I, I don't that's know what quite I, a skill to have. Yeah. Yeah. Any any idea on a seven oh seven cruise speed at ten thousand feet? I I, uh, I I couldn't even tell you. I mean, you'd be looking probably you know in the neighborhood of 300, 300 miles an hour. Yeah, that, that that's where I was guessing. I was like, really, you're yeah, not going to just stick your hand out into that airstream and say, yeah, we can <laughs> patch yeah. it up. But... Let's just go. I mean, you know, even if you, you know, you pulled it back, you had an explosion, so you pull the throttles back to assess what's going on. I mean, you know, you're you're still going to be going at the very least over 150 miles an hour. I mean, yeah, um, you know, and that's slowing it down and and everything else. That it's like try putting your hand out the window going 60. You know, now try doing it at 150. You know, so yeah, and, <laughs> and he's he's patching the hole by wedging a blanket in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't know the strategic uh, strength of a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> or or how, how much that will improve their uh, drag coefficient just by putting, <laughs> yes. putting it around the one-foot hole. Um, but, well, yeah. it, it gives them all something to do and keep their mind off their, uh, you know, impending doom. So <laughs> uh, I, I can't well, imagine what the what of... the wind chill factor is at 10,000 10, feet uh, in January over Cleveland. <laughs> so just... Yeah, I was going to say that. You're in the sub-zero. I know... Uh... Um, you know, the B-17s and stuff in World War II, those guys would go up, you know, 20, 30,000 feet, and it was about 30 below zero in those airplanes. Yeah. So, you know, it's not quite as high, but you're still probably looking about 20 below, I bet. Oh, e easy, yeah. And they're doing all this barehanded, so uh, yeah. I, I guess yeah. none, of, none of them bothered with gloves this winter when they were walking through Chicago. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. Don't worry but uh, very, it, it's very tidy. I have to admit, for a for a plane that just had an explosion of three sticks of dynamite in the back, it's just amazing structurally how how great it was that it all went out the window that that laboratories yeah. don't have. I think that uh, in real life, uh, had there been three sticks of dynamite that went off in the lab, uh, it also would have been tidy. I don't think you would have found much. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, well, and you know the. The one thing that I thought was uh, was really interesting is that you know they're still like, yeah, we ought to put this thing down once you know at some point, and you're just like, what? <laughs> you, know, you just had a hole blow out in the tail of your airplane, you know. Uh, uh, it's going to be a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sort of like, eh, how bad is it? <laughs> I can't imagine that they'd be cruising back to Chicago. I would think that they'd like aim for something direct like i'd be circling you know left rudder and try to make our way back to cleveland if you're over it just that's yeah. a, a bit I of think, a hike i think look along uh i think you'd be a lot more along the lines of uh what you saw if you ever saw the movie flight where they're just looking for a field yeah <laughs> yeah know? yeah i'd be looking for like just, just avoid down. the church that's about it. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> or, or exactly. sully that yeah. kind of a thing yeah so yeah, um, yeah, I would think that the you know the Cleveland River, probably Lake Erie, is probably frozen over at this point, so they could oh you know, yeah just just anywhere there. It's uh, but I guess that wouldn't that wouldn't help the storyline. So they have wouldn't to... make for an exciting movie, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, good old Gary Collins, being the flight engineer that he is, is checking out that big crack in the uh, in the ceiling. Now that, as far as I know, on Boeing systems, that's just a shell like the. The actual structure of the aircraft isn't in the ceiling. It's the it's the dome above it. So that what he's looking at is just a piece of plastic yeah. and wood that's banging back and forth. It doesn't. What he's looking at is basically uh, the stuff they put inside the airplane to look pretty. 
Yeah. Um, you know, that's just the, uh, you know, the ceiling. Now, granted, there could be damage behind it that they're trying to insinuate, but I don't think they are. I think they're just trying to insinuate that that's the crack in the airplane. Yeah. And and going, going back I, to, yeah, yeah. If, the, if, if that's, if that's happening on the tail, I think the metal fatigue would be really quick and it would be a, a very sad <laughs> yeah. and sudden yeah, end. You only have a few seconds left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I, I know Mr. Boeing builds them tough, but, uh, that would be pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty tough one to take. So. Well, when I first yeah. saw when I first saw that, I thought they were setting us up for something that gradually, as the movie goes on, we're going to see that crack getting bigger and bigger, <laughs> and everybody will get nervous about it. But that's... well, you know, with the interesting now, now here's a caveat to that. Um, there was an airplane, an airliner, that did get a crack in it like that. And somebody, it was I think it was a kid, pointed it out to the flight attendant to the um to the uh to the pilots and you know they kind of told somebody about it and uh they were they you know worked through what it was and there was an actual structure structural failure behind that. Wow. Um, and that act that's that's based on on fact and I don't quote me on this because I don't want to compare the two together if I have the wrong incident, but I think it was the uh the uh the airliner in Hawaii when the roof ripped oh, off. The Aloha, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh. I think that was one of the ones where somebody pointed out that there was a fracture in the in the in the ceiling that you were looking at. And what it was was there was damage beyond it and it was it broke the ceiling as well. And as the flight was going on, the crack was getting bigger and eventually the roof failed. I, I think that's the same incident. I'd have to read up on it again. But um, mm. So there is one, at least one instance, where actually there was damage behind it. And uh, But yeah, in the movie, you know, really though, you're just looking at a cabinet, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. but it, it's interesting that, yeah, there is, there was something to that. I'd have to look up which uh, which incident that was. Wow. Yeah. Now, I I recall there was a, I'm, I'm not exactly sure it was in American Airlines' history, I think it was a DC-7 that had uh, – DC-7 was a pressurized cabin, and there was a, uh, a situation where it had a bubble top that they thought that it would be nice having a picture window in the ceiling. And uh, similar to what happened with the Aloha airline, the, the top blew out, and they lost a uh, – well, stewardess at the time. A stewardess went through the ceiling. But oh, God. Oh, dear. They uh, – when when it was first developed, I, I'm I may be misremembering this with another model of aircraft, but I thought it was a DC seven. But if I remember correctly, when they talked about putting this in, they said this is just the craziest thing. Why would you compromise the integrity of the roof to have a? You know, it's like no, but people will want it. People want passengers will want to look out and see the stars at night and see the blue sky. <laughs> and it's like after that, it was like, well, that was a huge mistake. So yeah, looking back, that was probably a bad decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, I mean, and then it all, you know, we can trace this all the way back to the comet. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that was, uh, they put the uh, the windows in the shape that they did, and, and it caused, you know, fatigue problems in the airplane because they wanted a cosmetic, uh, a cosmetically pleasing design on the airplane, and uh, it was causing disasters due to yeah. fatigue, you know. <laughs> Yes, when you when you're on a plane that's called the Comet Four, you know that's three big mistakes <laughs> yeah. behind it. Yeah. yeah. So I have uh, a buddy that I'll never fly the A model of anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it this is one of the, I I was trying to think of other um, 
aircraft disasters where aerostructures played a role. The only other one I can think of, well, it's not an actual aerostructure. The, the fate as a hunter is, is probably the more common one about uh, disasters with a design flaw. Oh, is that the one with the coffee cup? Yeah, everybody remembers the coffee yeah. the coffee cup and <laughs> how it shows engine out and coffee cup do not match up. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, one of the ones that stands out for me is the Sioux City, uh, Iowa uh, one. Oh, yeah. Where they designed, um, you know, all the hydraulic lines the airplane would go right beneath that number three engine, and the number three engine blew. And it sheared off uh, fins for the rotors, uh, you know, for the jets. And uh, the fins came through, severed all the lines, so they had no hydraulics, which is what you needed to steer the airplane. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, or uh, well, instead you used the, the throttle, which was the most amazing. Uh, that was an ama- amazing bit of lateral thinking. To, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Al Haynes and those guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, anything that they never made a movie airplane on that because you could just make a true story on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was design flaw. I mean, that was really design flaw where all of the systems were in one place. And if anything hit the airplane in that one place, uh, you know, you were out of everything. You were out of a, yeah. a major system for your aircraft. Wow. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Obviously, there's there's many stories. I mean, if if anybody wanted to write a movie, all they had to do is just go through uh, NTSB reports and go, oh, I could make something out of this. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's some interesting ones, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I no when as uh, Gary Collins is getting getting together, figuring out what to do next, and he calls up uh, Joan, played by the marvelous Patty Paulson of uh, Amer- she's an actual American uh, stewardess who found a second career as a as a film star, a minor film star. She's in a bunch of airplane disaster movies, but uh, she gives him just such a look of, isn't this my break? <laughs> <laughs> she she has an absolute I I can't believe I'm I'm taking orders from this guy. <laughs> well, I you know it's funny is that probably uh that would have probably been her actual reaction yeah. too. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. okay. Why don't you go back to your part of the plane and I'll work my part of the plane, okay? Well, you know the the orders that he's giving her are to put four people in seats that are meant for three people. So yeah. does that mean they're ignoring the seatbelt for that poor fourth person, or <laughs> I don't think you're strapped in. That's for sure. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you're gonna. I mean, it. yeah, it was wow. You know, thanks. We're gonna put it. And I and I love the reasoning. It, you know, because there's an instant. It, it, you know, something going on in the tail. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put more passengers up front. And uh, it's like you know, you guys know that doesn't work that way, right? Yeah, I mean, can't you just like adjust the trim if there's going to be a problem? It's not going <laughs> to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, it does. I mean, yeah, it does. You know, uh, you know, if you're if you're loaded one side or something like that, sure, it would affect it, the characteristics of the aircraft. But um, you know, it's almost like they're getting those people up there to take pressure off the tail, and it's like, yeah. That's not how that works, you know. Well, I was interpreting it that there might be a big hole, you know, if the whole tail falls off, at least the people will be up front. Will it be safe? They they would all end up in the same place. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It'll it'll make things easier for the inquest. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I guess they're only moving them ahead in the the tourist section because he didn't mention anything about first class. First class, you know, if you got two people, don't, you know, you're not going to fit them in there anyway. It's. They, well, yeah, they got their champagne out and yeah. everything up there. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> they're about to do the cheese course up there, so it's not you know, exactly not the right thing to do. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, she does have that nice look of concern, and I guess 
what I'm amazed is how great her hair looks after explosive decompression <laughs> and a drop of 10,000 feet. She's just fresh as a daisy. Maybe, yeah, maybe she just... Borrowed the, she borrowed the nun's comb, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's got... Well, she's showing she's showing that it's uh, it's been a disaster with that one strand of hair just just slightly out of place. So, uh, yeah. you know, they they did make pretty strong hairspray back in those days. You'd yeah. use half oh. a can on one hairdo. So, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. actually would say it's, it'll withstand the seven hundred seven. You know, <laughs> yeah, seven hundred seven. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm also amazed that they can talk in a conversational mode with a. a a gaping hole in the side of the plane that's yeah. flying 300 miles an hour. No, they plugged so, the hole with the blanket. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. blanket. That, that so a little in. bit of background on that, you know, the, in the in the little pipers and stuff like that, we have a little window. And uh, I can tell you, if you're in flight and you open that window, you are not talking to anybody in the cabin of that airplane. <laughs> and that's a small single-engine, you know, airplane with like 180 horsepower, and you're doing maybe max 130, 140 miles an hour. And, uh, so, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. There's this giant gaping hole in a jet airliner and they're just sort of chatting like you're right next to each other in a living room, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now in 1970, they still had the, the stage one, those, those big old general electrics, right? The, the big old general electric oh, yeah. jets. So that was yeah. probably really pounding the, you know, that was before noise abatement and any of that. There was no, there was no hush kits or anything yeah. like that. But it was, yeah. It's. It was, uh, oh, this soot's good for the environment. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, he'd be holding up like four, you know, like four fingers in three seats and just pointing at the chairs <laughs> and waving his arms. I think that, uh, so he, yeah, it's just, it's, it's nice from a movie point of view. This is, this is how airplane uh, disasters should be. So. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. A lot more. A lot more control to the chaos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It makes, just, it's, it's the feel good. It's the feel good disaster movie. But uh, exactly. he, uh, I really don't know what the. I guess anybody in the cockpit out overrules anybody in the, uh, in the, uh, in the uh, the cabin as to who, who controls what. But he's he's the navigator, and I'm assuming that he has he's the authority on this. So, or he's well, speaking. that's actually that's actually very true. The cabin, mm-hmm. even today, uh, flight crew is boss and. Um, you know, today, you know, typically you only have a pilot and co-pilot, uh, but, uh, they actually, I mean, they are, when, when they say that's the captain of the aircraft, it's, you yeah. know, that does revert back to, he has the final authority over, you know, safety, the passengers, crew, aircraft, and, um, you know, and, and I think that if you've seen the movie Solly, um, you know, that's the one thing that they depicted very well was, him getting the news of the number of people that, that that got off the airplane, that all of his people got off because, you know, that's your responsibility. You need to be the last one off the airplane. You need to be, um, you know, get barking out the orders. And uh, so that's one thing that I like about these old movies is they really push that to the front of, that's the captain, knock it off. He'll tell you what to do. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it, there is a little bit of truth to that. If you're, like, for example, when the a couple of minutes ago, when Barry Nelson was pilot in command, and Dean Martin was back in the cabin, does Barry have like authority over over Dean at that point? Well, he actually is. He's flying as as captain right now. He's left seat. Right. So so, so Barry's the guy in charge, even though he Dean... would be the guy in charge, the guy flying the airplane who's vlogging. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, even though it's hard to imagine this, at the end of the day here. 
they would all get back and, and figure out who flew what, and they would actually put that into the logbook. Wow. Uh, whoever is flying the airplane as pilot in command, um, you know, is uh, is calling the shots on this. Now, uh, I think they're both. Are they both rated? Are those guys both rated captains? Like, yeah, they remember. both they both have four stripes on. But uh, at, for yeah, this particular yeah. flight, this is this is a check ride for. Uh, right, right. Uh, He's not on it. Yeah, no, but no, he would be, you know, calling the shots. Now, granted, there might be a, you know, he may be, um, like a professional courtesy. Just, you know, if, if the other captain uh, says something, he would just kind of, you know, go with it. But you know, if it all came down to it, it's whoever's flying the airplane is. It's their baby. Their orders to bark out. <laughs> so on on a part one thirty five, does everybody else have the right to check everybody? I mean, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure how that works because I mean, they were saying you know the way that the, the the conceit in this is that Dean is checking out uh, uh, Barry Nelson for this particular flight. So I, yeah, if he would have to be a company check pilot, is what he'd have to be. Um, so. Within the company, you'd ha- you'd get your you'd get your rating as a check pot check airman or check pilot, uh, depends on what he's getting checked out for. Um, you know, if he's already rated in the airplane and the company has a checkout procedure, uh, he'd have to go up with someone like Dean Martin, um, go up for this flight. You know, watch him do the flight and say, okay, yeah, I'll sign off on this. You're good to go. Um, if it, you know, if he was an FAA guy, he was getting his ticket, but uh, this seems like it's more of a, you have all your credentials from the government. This is more of a airline reg that you have to do one of these before we can turn you loose on the company aircraft. And uh, um, so, yeah, that, those are pretty standard, actually. Uh, okay. we, we quite a bit. Yeah, he, he said that they do this every six months to make sure that you don't pick up any bad habits. But uh, apparently oh, yeah. they both did each other. Like he, uh, Barry Nelson had Dean Martin last time and had uh, dinged him for – not wearing the right shirt or something. He didn't wear a company oh, shirt. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and that could be, uh, that's very legal. If they're both check, uh, check pilots for the company, uh, they can absolutely, it's totally legal for them to check each other out. Um, I, I mean, I, that's a really, really nitpicky thing to, to ding him on, which I'm sure they kind of depicted in the movie. Um, I think that in, in, Real life, if you got dinged for we're not wearing the right company shirt, I think that uh, you know, I think you could probably almost appeal it and say, "I this had nothing to do with my yeah. per- performance." But uh, but, but you know, wasn't there supposed to be like a personal thing between the two pilots that they yeah. were? Well, I think I think it was a friendly thing. It was a friendly rivalry that they were both sticking it to each other oh. about the littlest things, and that could be. And you know, back in the day, that was probably not a not a small thing. I mean, when you talk about the airlines. Uh, they were very, very particular on their uniforms and how they're worn, and they still are today. Actually, you 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 do have to wear those to a uh, a specific manner, and there's times where you're not permitted to do certain things in those uniforms. And you know, when we got our uniforms, you know, they told us right off the bat is anytime you're wearing them, you know, you represent all of us. So yeah. you know, make us look good out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's fascinating. I mean, it's and it's a part that most people don't think about unless you're in the company or unless you know you you're you're aficionado on this kind of thing but it's just amazing all the minutiae that wound up in this movie and of course arthur haley always did this in his novels he was always digging into every little bit of how an industry works and it, it's just nice that it actually managed to get to uh, uh to the screen to see all this 
So. Absolutely. It really does show off. I mean, it, that, like I said, just the manner in which these people carry themselves, uh, the way that they talk, they, they all have backstories and history. I mean, there, there was a lot of time spent in character development and studying the characters that they were going to portray, studying the counterpart. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even, even to the... Uh... Uh, keep keeping it to a minimum, like like the way they the way they chatter back and forth when Dean gets on the uh, uh, Dean gets on the microphone while he's talking the interphone back to uh, Gary Collins in the in the back of the plane. He's passing along information exactly as he had requested and just keeping it down to a minimum of you know no no chit chat. Um, yeah, yep, absolutely. Hmm. I mean that's uh, that and that's you know you you've. Especially in a situation like this, if you're worried about control of the airplane, you know, give me the deep, give me what I need, and we'll 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 make it pretty later. But right now, I just need, you know, these three or four pieces of data and give them to me, and and let's get on to the next problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely working the problem. And if you notice through this entire minute, there's no music. You don't need music because we're so wrapped up in the in what's going on, and like you know, well, something blew up. Now we've got to figure out what's going to happen next. Where you know, where are we at? And yeah. uh, you don't, yeah. you know, the music wouldn't even, wouldn't be necessary here. But Yeah, uh, absolutely. Don't need it. <laughs> we, we just need it being 1970. They had to fit in a, a split screen so we get that nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, screen. yeah, that was, I haven't yeah. seen that forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, and, and if you notice that they're kind of, Gary Collins is a little bit to the left and Dean Martin is a little bit to the right in that scene, just so that when they cut out the square so it'll fit on a TV screen, you don't lose any of the information on a uh, back in the day when you used to have a square shaped four by three television set. So they kind of, they kind of huddle together when you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I noticed yeah. it. I was like, wow, they spent some work on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, very, very, very Hollywood 1970. So it's great. And they even have the, uh, the FAA certificate over the door. So that's uh, a nice, <laughs> nice little touch. <laughs> wow. So, Anyway, this has been a, a great minute, uh, Chris. Thanks so much for being with us on this. We got some more. We got another minute coming up uh, tomorrow with uh, some more discussions as uh, as Dean bre uh, debriefs uh, Gary Collins as to what's going on in the back of his airplane. So uh, we'll find out more about the damage and and checking in on uh, Jacqueline Bissett and seeing how she's doing. So uh, <laughs> if everybody could join us back here tomorrow, that'd be great. We'll we'll talk some more uh, about this. Uh, for folks that are uh, checking in on us in uh, social media, you, you know all the places to go. So please go to uh, Twitter, uh, Airport Minute. You can go to Facebook, Airport Minute. The Airport Minute Commanders Club is all out there. You can join in on the conversation. If you're not getting uh, this delivered to you every day, I don't know why you're listening because it, it doesn't make sense to pick up at 108. Uh, but uh, go back and listen to all the other previous minutes uh, at our great big website, airportminute.com, or sign into iTunes. Uh, search for Airport Minute and subscribe. You can get this delivered Monday through Friday and, and listen to us and keep keep up with the last half hour of this movie. So anyway, join us back here tomorrow with uh, uh, Chris and my wife, Nancy, who's guest starring while uh, she, she's guest hosting while Mark, uh, our other co-host, is in faraway uh, Portugal. So he will be back sometime next year, I think. But hopefully, but, <laughs> let's hope. Yeah, let's let's see because I I know I know my wife is she's a she's a trooper, but this is. This is not what she likes to do, and I really appreciate her being here. I, I like watching movies more than talking about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, we will pick up some more of this tomorrow, but join us here on the Airport Minute. Until then, good day. Good day, everybody. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Mm -hmm.